Hello everyone, I'm Laura Ellsworth welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer our medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine, and she works with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. It's always good to be here. Thank you for being here today. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? I had a lovely Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was very low-key. Uh, my, my husband's an ER nurse, so he was working. This, he was, this working. was his holiday, so it was uh, me and the kids on Thanksgiving Day, and then my parents came down the on Black Friday, and we had our, our kind of intimate little family vacation Thanksgiving meal then. So. Okay, excellent. Yeah, you, I was just sharing, we just have to be flexible. There's different people doing different things. And mm-hmm. uh, we did something on Thursday, and then we did something again on Saturday. So you can catch everyone that yes. way. And, yeah. yeah. W- when you have people in the medical field, there's always someone on call. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, it was nice to have that break with the kids. And um, it seems like the kids needed the break from school. So yeah. they were happy to have a little break uh from from all the routine as well so that was nice to have well we're happy to have you here dr cruz uh you had a really fun essay you wrote this week (laughs) if our uh, listeners didn't catch it you can find it in the uh, monday's brookings register um, or online on the prairie dog website Dr. Cruz, tell us about your essay and what you came up with for us so this week. So I talked about uh, basically ICD-10 coding. So if people don't know what ICD-10 is, every time someone comes into the hospital or clinic, we have to give a code as to the reason that they're there. And those codes are used for billing purposes. So uh, everything has a number letter combination to it. And when we switched from ICD-9 to ICD-10, there were some thousands of very interesting codes that were added. My my personal favorite is catching on fire while water skiing. Oh. So uh, I, I don't know when I would ever that? use that code, <laughs> but apparently someone has and they needed to have a way of of identifying that very specific injury. Mm-hmm. So that's my Christmas uh, topic was talking about all the things that happened. Uh, you know, if grandma got run over by a reindeer, how would I put that in the medical chart? How would I explain that? So there are very specific codes for getting run over by um, hoofstock non-farm uh, animals and uh, you know, an injury being struck by a sled. So I, I kind of went through all of those little codes uh, for some of our little popular uh, Christmas uh, injuries and accidents. Yeah, so. that was really fun. It's, it is fun now with electronic medical records. Um, most of us have access to our medical records pretty easily and can look it over. And it is fun to see uh, kind of your doctor language <laughs> in our records sometimes. Like, oh, and how is something kind of what seems to me complex and elaborate can be brought down to just a few words for, but it, you have to be efficient. So this is just one way you're able to yep. be efficient. And the way that everyone's talking in the same language. So, yes. so everyone, you know, if I pick up a chart or your husband picks up a chart, we mm-hmm. can both understand what the other one's talking about. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was really fun. Um, yeah, I love you talk about 
all sorts of different common injuries that we Christmas famous Christmas injuries from movies to songs and that was that was a fun thing to to read through yeah there's not a uh, we don't have a television show this week on um, the Prairie Doc television program so it was fun to let Dr. Cruz just do something we don't have a specific topic that you had to cover so that was fun to get to just do something creative Mm mm-hmm Well, we're going to be going to our first break shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address today. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. It's time to get your flu shot. The influenza virus is a seasonal illness that changes every year. That is why the CDC recommends a new flu shot each year for everyone over six months of age. Now is the time to get your 2020 vaccine. It is especially important to receive the vaccine this year while we are in the midst of the COVID pandemic. The flu vaccine, along with good hand washing, mask use, and social distance will help you from getting and spreading influenza and COVID. Vaccines are available at your provider's office as well as many area pharmacies. Please make it a priority to get your flu shot soon. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We're planning to talk today about a variety of topics. We're going to talk about staying healthy mentally and physically during the holidays. We're going to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and the new variant we're learning about. So if you have questions about those topics or any other topic, we have Dr. Cruz here ready to answer our questions. So you can give us a call at 605-692-1430. So Dr. Cruz, with the holidays there comes a lot of extra activities, preparing, tasks, events, expectations, financial burdens, and it can all be overwhelming. What advice do you have for our mental health during the holidays? Well, I would say for mental health during the holidays, um, the biggest thing is to not fight with reality. When Mm. you fight with reality, you lose 100% of the time. So if you know that every time you go to your Aunt Margaret's house and she's going to yell about something or bring up a topic that, you know, is going to just embarrass you, um, don't go to her house expecting, well, this year's going to be different. This year Mm. she's not going to make me mad. That's fighting with reality. When she says something that makes you mad, you say, oh, of course she did. That's Aunt Margaret. That, that's what she does. So when you say, I wish or she should mm-hmm. do something, that's when you're fighting with realities. When you have a lot of shoulds, well, they should do that. They should say this. You can't control what anyone else does. And when you do, it makes, that causes a lot of unnecessary stress. So I always tell people, stop shoulding on yourself. Mm. And on others, huh? And on others, yes. <laughs> mm. I'm letting that all soak in. That's very good. It would be nice to just control other people, but we can't. But we can't. The only people we can control is ourselves. Right. And and sometimes with holidays, you know, it's it's about setting those boundaries and saying, you know, if you do this, then I'm going to leave mm-hmm. or I'm going to talk, you know, switch the topic, you know. Mm-hmm. So you you can only control you and your reactions to things. You can't control what someone else 
does, mm -hmm. what they say, what they think. Um, you know, it's, and it's a time where you, especially if you're a people pleaser and you really want everyone to be happy and nice, it can be very frustrating because it's very hard for everyone to be happy and, and pleased all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think uh, the phrase, you know, of course they did, <laughs> can be very um, freeing and, and can let a lot of that, oh, I wish it were different. Well, it's not. So how can you come to peace with that? Mm -hmm. this, this is the way your family is. This is the way your family's been, and they're not going to change. So um, looking at it through a lens of love and compassion, like, yep, this is my family. We're not perfect, but no one is. And of course they did, and I love them anyway. Mm -hmm. Great advice as we think about our relationships and the people we love and interact with. That's that's great advice. What about all of the the busyness, the activities, the to do list, the all the purchasing that comes with this season? Um, what are some ways for us to just maybe take a break or mm -hmm. um, let our brains take a break from racing through all those things? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times brains are racing because they're trying to put something from short-term memory to long-term memory. Like, I'm going to forget that I need to get, you know, X, Y, and Z from the grocery store. And, and you know, so having, I think lists are a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of really cool apps. I've got an app for um, Christmas presents mm -hmm. that you put everyone down and then you can put down, you know, what your budget is and what you are want to buy for them. Is it bought? Is it wrapped? Is it under the tree? I mean, it literally will let you do all of those categories and you can see, oh, I've got four out of five presents bought for my son. And I've got three out of, you know, five bought for my daughter and I've got $50 left to spend in my budget or, oh, I'm over by 10. <laughs> now what do I do? So, you know, those sort of things I think are really, there's really neat, you know, you can do it as low key, old school as pen and paper, or you can do as fancy as, as a lot of these apps. And, you know, the one I have is was completely free and super nice for keeping track of all that stuff because I was like, oh gosh, you know, get stuff from my parents, get stuff from my nurse, get stuff from my kids' teachers and their coaches. And all of a sudden there's a lot of people and like, did I forget anyone? If you have it all written down and your brain can see it, then that can get rid of some of that uh, brain just running around like a hamster mm -hmm. trying to remember all of this stuff and, and seal it into that long-term memory. If it knows it's written down somewhere, it can kind of relax and doesn't have to keep going over and over and over again in your mind. So that mm -hmm. usually helps. I've heard that too. If you wake up in the middle of the night, just all of a sudden worried about something or thinking about, oh, I have to do this and this and this in the yep. middle of the night when write you're supposed to be sleeping, take a break and yep. write it down. Write it down. And go to yeah. sleep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's great. It's physically writing with a pencil and paper because it involves both halves of the brain. So, you know. Um, that kind of concrete and that creative, that the whole process of writing is incredibly therapeutic. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. The holidays may not be cheerful for everyone. Many of us may be experiencing loss or grief, and that may feel different during the holidays. Mm -hmm. What are some things we can do to take care of ourselves if we are experiencing those things during the holidays? Invite grief to the table. It is okay to be sad. Don't say you have to push it down and be happy and fake something. Acknowledge it. And if, you know, you're, you're hosting someone that, you know, lost someone in the past year or, or is dealing through that, you know, tell them it's okay. It's okay to be sad and you're sad with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't want you to fix their problems. They want you to be there with them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, just be there. Be mm -hmm. present and 
allow it to be okay and let them know that all of those feelings feelings are completely okay to have and you know there's not a right or wrong way to grieve and you know especially with the loss of family members I don't think you're ever really quote unquote over it mm-hmm. you just learn to live with the new normal mm-hmm. so um, again giving people space and permission to feel however they want to feel mm-hmm. yep that's great advice are there any resources or anything that we could reach out for or if if it's just feeling overwhelming with the grief and you need some extra help and support what could you do mm-hmm. well I definitely would say you know you can reach out to, with your doctor there's lots of counselors um, and mental health professionals that can help with this um, you know there's always the national suicide hotline that you can call um, you know, 211 I think has a lot of great resources you can tap into and they can get you connected to the right people. Um, There's several churches, I would say reach out to those. I know that there are some grief um, programs through mm-hmm. some of the local churches here. So, you know, I would say just start looking and, and start asking people for, for help and you, you would definitely find something that you need. And it's, you're not alone. It's you're not very alone. common. Um, uh, all of us living life have lost and, and experienced that grief. So mm-hmm. um, I, I know it could feel very lonely, but reach out for that help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to suffer through that on your own. Well, I think it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605 692 30. Before the break, we were talking about the holidays and all of the expectations and responsibilities that come with that and and even the grief that many of us experience um, in different ways during the holidays. And um, Dr. Cruz gave us some great advice for our mental health and taking care of ourselves in that way. We have a question, Dr. Cruz, regarding choking. What are some signs and um, that we should be aware of when it comes to choking, and what are some ways we can help someone who is choking? Or if we're home alone, what can we do if we are choking? All right, so choking is basically when some, some food or some object gets lodged into the trachea or the windpipe. And so basically it went down the wrong tube and it 
and it's impeding breathing. So when someone's choking, they're not able to get air in or out, and that's really scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as someone's coughing, able to talk, as long as there's air movement, that's a good sign. Um, and if they're choking, they're making productive, you know, um, movement and they're making productive you know work with that cough something's moving a little bit each time with cough let them cough let them keep coughing uh, hopefully eventually they'll get it up high enough that they can if it's blocked they can't they're starting to turn blue that's when you'd want to go in and do the heimlich Um, and basically the heimlich maneuver is you roll one hand into a ball um, kind of fingers around your thumb other hand cup above it find their belly button kind of go in and then push up and and back so you're kind of kind of scooping back kind of pretend you're uh carving out like a candy cane so Ah. so candy cane at their belly button in and up um like the candy canes pointing up towards their chin so Mm -hmm. that would be the motion that you'd be trying to make is in and up and that's going to help force that food outwards uh if they're infants you're gonna you know have them um kind of face down, kind of sandwiched between your two hands and hitting on the back of the, between the shoulder blades. That will help get it out on infants and smaller children that you can still pick up. Mm-hmm. Older kids, you do the same as an adult, um, mm-hmm. but you may have to kneel behind them rather than stand behind them. If you are alone, you can do the exact same thing using a chair. So using the back of a kind of a high back chair and use that instead of the person's hand to kind of help Um, force that uh, motion to get the food up and out of there. So uh, basically keep doing that until it comes out. Mm -hmm. And if they become unconscious, then we call 911, start CPR. Um, And that's basically what we do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If if this happened in the hospital, that's exactly what we would be doing too. So, um, you know, people used to talk about doing finger sweeps in the mouth that's a good way to get your finger bit especially if someone has a gag reflex okay uh, we don't recommend doing blind finger sweeps you know if you can see something and you know you think you can quick mm-hmm. grab it and pull it out great but don't just stick your finger in there for fun mm-hmm. like i said good way to get your finger bit and yep. good way to gag someone and make things worse rather than better because now they're throwing up and have something stuck in their throat okay so um but the heimlich wonderful way of getting that obstruction cleared and helping someone breathe again and if you're on your own i'm just visualizing that Mm -hmm. too if you have the chair Chair. you're going to stand behind that you're going to stand behind the chair and kind of lean over it Mm -hmm. lean over that and then have that uh kind of edge of the chair push into on your stomach yep okay Mm -hmm. all right i feel like i remember hearing once that heimlich the man who made this maneuver actually either had it done to himself or saw it used once he was like in the nursing home one day or Mm -hmm. like at the end of his life I don't remember I'll have to look that up remember how that worked but uh, I feel like he was a young man when he Mm kind of came up with the maneuver and then towards the end of his life he got to see it in action I believe so so. we'll have to look that one up and remember how that worked so Mm -hmm. yeah that is great reminders um I know some of us maybe had CPR in school and things mm-hmm. like that, but it's been a while. So it has been a while. Learning that the finger sweep is not something that's necessarily recommended anymore is good not, to know, too. Nope. That It seems like things change about every 10 years. They, they told us in medical school half of what we learned will be out of date by the time we graduate. The trick was knowing which half. Yeah. So <laughs> the trick is knowing which half. Very good. Um, well, I want to take some time, Dr. Cruz, to talk about the COVID-19 variant that we've yes. been hearing about uh, in just these last few days, really. Mm-hmm. What do we know? 
we know not much. Okay. <laughs> that, that's the problem. Yep. It's going to take several weeks before we uh, really know, is it more deadly? Is it more uh, virulent or easier to catch? And where is it spreading to? So right now, it sounds like it, it's uh, more in Africa, you know, southern Africa, um, and causing some travel lockdowns there. But really with anything, it's, you know, we haven't had enough people that have contracted it or... Um, you know, it, it hasn't been long enough that people have had it to know kind of what are going to be the implications of this. This is a, a mutant, and we don't know how that's going to act. Sometimes mutations make something stronger. Sometimes it makes it weaker. Sometimes it just changes, you know, different uh, ways that it interacts with our body. So literally this is a time will tell. And we found with COVID, usually it's, you know, about two weeks from, you know, um, being exposed to starting to show symptoms and then usually another two weeks until you start getting the uh, cytokine storm where people end up in the hospital and then usually another two to three weeks after that where the deaths start rolling in Mm -hmm. so um you know that's why i'm kind of not looking forward to working next week because i'm two weeks after thanksgiving so this is when you know if there's a lot of the thanksgiving travel related covid um, is probably going to start rolling into the hospital right about the time I'm starting to take over <laughs> take with that. my uh, hospitalist shift. So, you know, that's that's really, with this one, it, it hasn't been around long enough to really know how dangerous it is. Um, and that's kind of the scary thing is because we're in that unknown part and we're, we're watching and waiting. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Omicron has several mutations and that's why we're more maybe interested in learning more about it is Mm because it's a little bit different right right Right. and that's mutations you know the will the vaccine work Mm -hmm. will you know people that have had previous variants of covid will they be protected you know and we're finding with you know we we don't know um honestly we don't know if we're the whole point of a vaccine is to try to pick a part of the virus that is least likely to mutate. Uh, that's why they pick the spike proteins and it's how it attaches. It's not going to change how the key, it, the, the spike protein is basically the key that opens the lock that gets the virus into our body. Mm-hmm. So it generally, it knows that this key works. It's not going to change this key. Okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that uh, usually with, it's a random mutation because RNA viruses are inherently unstable. Um, and make lots of mistakes as opposed to a double-stranded DNA where you have to have both sides that match up to, um, so they generally hmm. have fewer men mutations. Ah, I had it. Okay. Yep. So say that one more time. That's so interesting. Our RNA, <laughs> so this goes back to my, my college genetics mm-hmm. and, and my master's in microbiology. So this is, this is going back a ways, but DNA is a double-stranded, uh, helix Mm -hmm. so there's a left side and a right side and they have to connect together and the left side has a match on the right side that have to be compatible for it to go Mm -hmm. so an rna is just one half Mm -hmm. so it has nothing that has to make it match up for it to work to like uh interculate and form that helix so you can screw stuff up in an rna way easier Mm -hmm. and have it still replicate than you can with the double-stranded dna and that's what a mutation is. And that's what a mutation is, is okay. when something, because um, imagine if you had to hand copy something or type something and you mistype a letter. Mm-hmm. That's a mutation. So when you're typing and you accidentally hit the wrong letter on the keyboard, that's a mutation. Mm-hmm. And un- 
a lot of times our body kind of has a version of spell check that tries to catch that and fix it, but it doesn't always. So okay. sometimes things get missed. And so our mutation is basically, it was recopying the virus code information and it mistyped a letter, mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. That's that's what a mutation is. And sometimes, just like when you're typing letters, sometimes it makes another word and it, it's, you know, it's there instead of then. Uh -huh. And it still makes sense and it still works. Sometimes it is just nonsense and that's a dead end and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So it, it just gone, doesn't. Mm -hmm. And other times, you know, it can turn it into a swear word, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're worried about. Did Omnifron <laughs> suddenly start swearing? Got it. Mm -hmm. So because it mistyped and, you know, uh -huh. it went from duck to something <laughs> yes. naughty. Yes. <laughs> so... That's kind of what, that's how these mutations really are. Yeah, yeah. Great analogy there, <laughs> Dr. Cruz. Um, so as as I've been thinking about this too, as a young, healthy person with limited risk, you know, I feel like one of the, the reasons to protect myself from getting COVID, getting a vaccine, wearing my mask in certain places, um, is so that I don't let my body be part of this process of mutating so exactly. that we get this other, um, these other variants out there that are worrisome either for me or other people. So. Exactly. That's because with the vaccine, yeah, even if you do get it, you get fewer virus particles. You, there's fewer replication. You get much less than the people that uh, are not vaccinated. They get much higher viral loads, much more likely to cause mutations mm -hmm. and much more likely to spread this to other people. So, yes, definitely. Okay. Vaccines will help mitigate the emergence of new strains which mm -hmm. is great we don't want to because it can always get worse right right okay well it's time for us to go to our final break and we'll give our listeners a chance to call in if you have any questions uh about anything we've talked about this morning or anything else you can give us a call at 605-692-1430 we thank you for listening to our program on kbrk and on our podcast and we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. You can give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, we have just a few minutes left, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, COVID-19 vaccines as we continue to try to get medical, medical information to all of our listeners so that we can all make decisions to keep ourselves and our loved ones healthy. Um, 
what what are kind of protections are we seeing from the COVID-19 vaccine? Definitely um, the vaccine has been keeping people out of the hospital. And if they are in the hospital, much less serious uh, infections. Um, honestly, in the last three months, I have not admitted anyone to the hospital for COVID that was vaccinated. Oh, wow. Everyone that I have admitted has been unvaccinated. Wow. And they are miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, if you look at, I have a various statistics. I, I know Sanford publishes theirs um, mm-hmm. on the web. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look at the total number of people admitted, the vast, vast, vast majority, 90% are unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's only a minimal amount of people with the vaccine that are in the hospital, let alone in the ICU. Mm-hmm. So that is huge. Um, is it too late to get a vaccine? It's never too late to get a vaccine. <laughs> yes, you can get a vaccine. And, you know, I encourage people, everyone's eligible to get boosters now. If it's mm-hmm. been six months since your last dose for one of the two-dose series, the Pfizer or the Moderna, or if it's been uh, at least two months since the Johnson & Johnson, you're eligible to get a booster. Mm-hmm. So please do so. It definitely will help protect you, especially as, as we're getting into the holidays and people are, you know, doing gatherings because we didn't do stuff last year and we all miss our families and we want to do this. Mm -hmm. So now we have a chance, uh, you know, if you get your first vaccine this week, you might even be able to get that second dose before Christmas. Christmas. So Mm -hmm. uh, get in this week if you get a chance uh, would be good. And we got to mention those kids. Kids, Yes. Mine are both vaccinated. Like I got them vaccinated the first week it came out. They have already had their second dose. Excellent. Um, I wouldn't do that if I didn't think it was safe. Yeah. And our daughter gets her second, eight-year-old gets her second dose today. So uh, highly recommended for our children to children. be yep. protected as well. So mm-hmm. that's great. Well, thank you, Dr. Cruz, for all this great information today. Uh, it's fun to have you in the studio today. Yes. And before we go, uh, we want to mention we do not have a television show this week on SDPB. So you'll have to catch Prairie Doc uh, maybe on the website if you want to go look for more Prairie Doc information. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. Mm-hmm.